Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to today's show, and I am so excited today, but I have a question for you. So, have you ever had stage fright? Would you really like to know how to be front and center with great composure, brilliant comfort, and having a captivated audience? Wouldn't you like to know how to be magnetic and impactful every time you stand in front of a group to speak? Well, I have the person who can show us how to do that. She's a veteran performer, a creativity coach, and a certified hypnotherapist. And she's going to teach us today how to move through your fear, handle the pressure of performing, and to be your best genuine and yet very grounded self before any group, whether it's five or five million people, you can be the best you ever wanted to be. And so welcome today, Holly Shaw. Welcome, Holly. Hi, hi, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Well, I am delighted. I mean, we've had an opportunity to spend a bit of time together, and I, I really feel that you have so much to offer my audience. And I'm, I'm just really glad that we get a chance to look at that fear that, as I understand, is the number one fear, which is standing up in front of groups of people and talking, uh, even over death. It's more scary than death, uh, which I find very amazing. Isn't that something, right? We would yeah. rather we would rather die than be in front of people, but not exactly, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very scary for people. <laughs> yeah, it's very terrifying for some people. Mm-hmm. So, well, and then I have I have the. Um, the wound for my grandmother who said to me, you should never stand up in front of groups of people. You're not very good at it. <gasps> oh, and I was Linda, seven. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was seven. Um, but it, it's been a journey and I've learned so much from it. And in, in many ways, I thank and bless her for taking on that role uh, because I think I needed it in order to um, bring you know, fully me to my audiences and to my clients. And that had I not been told that, I might not have worked so hard to get in front of people and to really bust through that fear. So, and yeah. I, I'm more of a, I'm more of a bulldog. I busted through. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, I want to say some softer ways perhaps to break through that <laughs> fright. <laughs> absolutely yes I'm a little bit more about the softer approach than busting through but I love that you were able to do that that's wonderful thank you so Holly um, tell our audience just a bit about your background because you know I mentioned the fact that you're a you're a performer that um, you're a creativity coach you're a certified hypnotherapist tell us sort of how you got there yeah. So, you know, I, um, I've always been had this desire to perform and be on stage. And from the time I was really little, uh, my parents put me in dance classes, and I got a taste of it. And boy, I just there was something magical that that felt like happened when, you know, you're in front of a group, they're paying attention to you. And it's like everybody gets transported 
to another place. It's like you create this little world while you're there. And so I became an actor. I eventually was a a SAG actor um, in film and I did theater and um, I continued with dance. Then I was a professional dancer the last 15 years. Um, And at a certain point, you know, that sounds all great. And I had a lot of success with it, but I, I admit at several different points, I, I came across excruciating stage fright and anxiety. Um, I remember I was 19 years old and I, you know, I was auditioning for all these big things. And, and it was almost like once I had a little bit of success, this little seed of anxiety that I had just grew so big and it just swallowed me whole. And I ended up quitting acting. Um, and so at a certain point, it, it showed up again when I started dancing more uh, and doing that professionally. And I thought, okay, you know, this isn't going away. I can keep moving from thing to thing, but this is something I have to figure out. And so I just, you know, for for myself and my own healing, I had to research this and explore and, and figure out what was really going on with that stage fright and how could I use that to to be better actually, to be more magnetic. And so eventually what what I discovered was that, you know, stage fright doesn't mean that you are, if you're having those, you know, shaky hands or trembling or heartbeat, fast, you know, fast heartbeat, all these sorts of symptoms that show up, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be performing. It actually means that you should because there is energy that is trying to move to you and through you but it's up to you to get up to speed with it. So that's how, yeah, so that's how I came to be a coach and help other people with it. Wow, I mean, that's magical. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, if you thought dance was magical, uh, what you just said was truly magical. I mean, the, the fact, I think most people go through that anxiety and, as you said, the trembling hands, the shaky voice, whatever it might be, and go, obviously, I'm not meant to do this. Yeah. Um, and I... I, I know of actors and actresses who, before they went on stage, threw up. I mean, it was yeah. what they what they had to do to, in, in essence, discharge that energy that they were feeling in order to be on stage co- confidently, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you've worked with um, hundreds of artists, um, mm-hmm. Nami, Emmy Grant, uh, Emmy. Award, I'm thinking of the Grammys, uh, Emmy Award winning, Grammy nominated. Um, and, and that kind of thing. And are, are, are they different from regular people? <laughs> yes, we would like to believe that as artists, <laughs> we're different from regular people. <laughs> um, but not, you know, I've also worked with just to add in their TEDx speakers. Um, you know, so I work with speakers as well. Not, not really. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody is creative everybody has a need on some level to be seen it's just you know performing artists do decide to um, kind of be more vulnerable than most of us and so it's sort of like a set of people that you can really study this on because they're putting themselves out in the world and saying I hope that that I don't suck, you know, it's like they, <laughs> they're wearing their art, their art on themselves. And I think it takes an extra amount of courage to do that, just as it does when you're standing up in the workplace and speaking in front of a, a meeting or, you know, anytime you sort of stick your neck out a little bit, I think 
takes extra courage to stand in front of the tribe, so to speak, and do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would I would so agree in the fact that it takes courage. I mean, one of the things I say is it takes courage to lead, but it, it takes courage to stand up with your message and to be able to project it to the people in front of you. And I, I think that sort of the cool thing and also the thing that's even scarier is the fact that you get instant feedback from the people that you're talking to if you're live in front of a group, uh, yeah. be it you know five, 5 million people or five or whatever, you get that instant feedback in their face as to whether it's hitting or not. Whereas, and, and stage actors even, um, but definitely film, you don't know what impact you're having until the numbers start coming in. Yeah, well, that is true. That is where your director is very important and the, the people that you have, the creatives that you're working with. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's very important you work with people that that know how to to coach you and and pull, call that good um, performance out because essentially you're, you know, the crew becomes your audience to some degree and they're not really necessarily looking for the same things that normal audiences. They just want to make sure you're lit correctly, you sound good, you know. So, yeah, so yeah it's it's definitely more like in a, performing in a vacuum, that experience. Well, I have a very dear friend, uh, Ellen Rona, who is a videographer. And I love her dearly because she helps me with my Leadership Inspirations program. Um, so she films my three-minute um, videos that I do every for my folks every Monday morning. And one of the things Ellen always says is, as the videographer... I don't want to get wrapped up in your content because I'm, as you said, I'm concerned about, are you lit correctly? Do I have the right frame for you? Am I catching everything? How's right. the sound? And all that. And plus, she's keeping track of time. Yeah. And, and I, to be honest with you, I rejoice whenever she forgets to give me the, the time signals. Because it means that she's gotten wrapped up in the content and has forgotten what the time is. And to be honest with you, even though she says, oh, I, bro- I broke you know, my professionalism, and I go, no, I love it. It means that I had something powerful to say to you, and you were there for that. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, th- that's, yeah, that's sort of the interesting thing around, around that. It, it, I love it actually- that. Yeah, your goal is to pull her off of her professional yes. watchdog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. Uh, yeah, it, it is, but but it makes me feel really good. It's it says I've touched her heart or I've touched something in her that she needed to hear that day, uh, and I love it personally. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, uh, just I, I have one other curious question that really has little to do with stage fright. You danced. Did you have a particular style of dance that you were um, an expert in? Oh, yeah. Well, I would never say it. You could be an expert in flamenco dance because it's just such a, one of those things, art forms that is so deep. Um, But yes, I danced flamenco for 15 years and that was my primary, primary art form. Although I also studied modern and I would, I would, I, I just had a way of um, sort of blending these styles a little bit. But yeah, I was a flamenco dancer, which is a dance from Spain. Um, if you've seen it, it's very technically very difficult to mm-hmm. ever master. <laughs> it yes. has a lot of rhythmic footwork and, um, and yet it has this femininity to it, right? With the arms and the hips and the, um, the way you move. And yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. 
Well, um, yeah, it's a very sensual dance. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to being a sexy dance, it's it's sensual and and yet there there's this you're right there's the vulnerability of the woman in that and yet there's the strength in the steps that you're doing and the and the hands and the um, castanets and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really uh, it, it is it's it's a dance that's also mesmerizing. I think. Mm, yeah, and that's what you touched on something that really drew me in about it, which is. I was able to be both soft mm-hmm. in it and feminine in that way and also fierce and feminine and strong and, and somewhat masculine at times. And I think it, that's what drew, you know, it really helped me sort of develop parts of myself simply by moving through parts of that self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think as women, sometimes we feel like we have to be one way and and soft and feminine at all times and it's it allowed me that place to be um so much more of what a woman really is Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's that's a really powerful statement holly and uh, the other thing i i I would i almost want to compare flamenco to the pasa doble in ballroom dancing Mm. or or even the argentine tango where again, there's there's that passion that's in it, and yet there's a, a sensuality and a uh, a movement in it that brings out the femininity in the woman and the very masculine in the man, and yet they can change change roles in the dance, um, and the, the, all three of them that you the one you you've been talking about, and then these two really bring that sense of um, the blending of of masculine and feminine, and yet getting you know a really powerful art form out of out of that Mm -hmm. and talk about talk about leadership I mean Mm -hmm. I know we're going down this rabbit hole but I think it's (laughs) worth (laughs) I think it's I think it's worth like bringing it back around to what you you love to talk what you're an expert in which is leadership because in flamenco you that's the difference is other than the sevillanas people which is a folk dance more Mm -hmm. than uh, flamenco People don't dance with another person. Typically, you—it's like a solo dance. You're dancing with the, the compas, with the guitar, with the singer, with the palmas, um, which, which is the clapping. So you're dancing with the music, but you're not. So you're leading it, and and mm-hmm. at times you kind of you're leading um, the music to speed up, and at other times you're sort of following the singer. So there's this sort of. Uh, leadership that you have to find in yourself to dance it because you have to rise to that place where you're you're willing to step forward and say okay we're gonna go here and it's like if you as a dancer like if you don't do it with conviction then people won't know what you're asking of them and the whole thing falls apart which I think is is true in leadership as well I mean would you say that's true Linda being the expert absolutely um again, I think the dancer has a vision of what the dance is going to look like. And so what they're doing is drawing the music with them uh, as well as the audience. And yes, you have to have that strong sense in order to be able to um, bring that alive and make it happen and, and bring other people with you. You know, if you're not strong in, in your vision of, of the dance, then you're never going to be able to connect with the audience or your musicians to be able to um, bring that vision to fruition. I think that's an awesome metaphor. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Thanks for asking about it. Yeah. It's fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, leadership shows up in so many different places that we don't think about. Mm. And this is one that, you know, you as a dancer obviously recognize, but perhaps the audience doesn't necessarily recognize how much the dancer leads uh, as as opposed to the musicians or whatever. So we have just a couple of minutes before we're going to take a quick break. You began to say something about how you moved from dance to coaching others. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Start. Let's start that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So so I was teaching dance at the time, and um, I found that you know when I was in the room with my students. I was more interested in sort of pulling out their authentic selves and more interested in sort of coaxing them to, to shine fully when they were dancing than I was with their technique. <laughs> like te- <laughs> technique obviously is very important, but, but I, it, it was like I, could, I started seeing where people were hiding and mm-hmm. I became really interested in getting them to stop hiding. And so I started coaching there and then it moved from there to, um, you know, peers of mine that would ask me for help with their choreography. Uh, and yeah, and, and from there, it just went from referral to referral. And I started working not only with dancers and choreographers, but musicians and actors, um, composers, directors, even uh, just, you know, and then speakers. It, it just kind of all circled out. That's yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, Holly, to, to go from teaching dance to, you know, in essence, coaching and working with people. But you're so right. You, In order for that dance to be powerful and for people to really get into the dance, their authentic self needs to be there. So it's not just the technique. It's not just the choreography, but it's also the heart that you need as a dancer in order to be able to bring that message message to the audience. So thank you for that. And to my great listeners, this is a time for you to look at where are you losing your authenticity? Where are you not leading the dance, as they say? And how can you step more fully into that and truly begin to lead your life? And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America Women's Channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have the phenomenal Holly Shaw on the show with me today. And she titles herself as a creativity coach and best-selling author. And she really helps all kinds of professional performers, speakers, musicians, actors, to overcome that crippling stage fright uh, or imposter syndrome uh, and anxiety so that you can truly be visible and authentic and vulnerable on whatever stage you're standing on uh, and to be the very, very best that you possibly can. So, Holly, welcome back. Thank you, Linda. This is so fun. Oh, I'm having a great time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get back to stage fright. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about the fact that that women, when we talk about leadership, um, almost put up a hex sign. Like, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to be that kind of leader. I don't want to be out there. I just want to do my thing and and whatever. And I think in uh, in a lot of ways that reluctance is partly due to stage fright. They're so afraid of um, ruining someone's life or saying the wrong thing or making a mistake um, or whatever mm. and that they, they just don't want to step into that without knowing 100% of what they need to do and the fact that they're not going to make a mistake doing that. So in essence, they have a stage fright as well. Um, so... How do you, um, in essence, help people with this? I mean, what what would you do with them? Yeah, well, I love that you brought up, you know, because I help all kinds of people, not not only women. But when you when you sort of frame it in the since we're your audience is mainly women, when you frame it in that way, it brings up other things, which is really interesting because I think as women, when we're in these different avenues where there's men present, there can be just all kinds of crazy stuff going in our minds about how we're, we're allowed to show up or, um, you know, I was personally, I was just at a, a meetup the other day, um, it was a music industry meetup. I was one of two women there, and the rest was all men. 
And they just, I mean, they just talk, 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 like topics come up, everybody's jumping in. It's like, I, you know, and I find myself in those situations myself as even though I'm a leader and I have, I know I have stuff I can contribute, having a hard time sort of jumping in, you know, it's almost like jump rope. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you get yeah. in train, right? Um, and one of the men there, like twice, he said, he said, maybe Holly can speak more to this with her knowledge. And he did that twice. And, you know, later at the time, I didn't really know what to think of that. And then later I thought, like, that's really beautiful that he chose to, uh, you know, sort of see that I was maybe one of few women there and try to try to make space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing is that I think uh, it. it it's hard to to jump in and and sort of um, and find ourselves right find ourselves as leaders and and figure out what that looks like because it hasn't always been modeled for us that's why I love women like you Linda that are modeling leadership in a very clear and bold way um, but your original question was like <laughs> how to how to deal with that that fear that stage fright is that correct yeah. So I, you know, I look at the, I, I love that you brought up earlier the story about when you were seven years old, mm-hmm. uh, because things like that happen to all of us. Things, you know, I think we come into this world excited to share ourselves, ready to be visible, and then we get shut down with these little remarks, these experiences, um, and oftentimes you're conscious that you had that experience, but other people may not even remember that they had these experiences mm-hmm. they get lodged in your subconscious mind and then you act from that place of fear and you don't even know why you're like what so if if listeners listening have ever had that moment where they're like why didn't I speak up you know like have you ever been in a situation where you knew you should have taken the lead you know you're the smartest person there on that particular topic and yet you find yourself holding back or not saying yes to that speaking gig or whatever. And then later you're like kicking yourself. Why did I do that? It's because in your subconscious mind, something has gotten lodged in there and you have a really hard time not acting from that deep belief about yourself until you change that. Mm -hmm. And Holly, I think that's so true. Uh, Again, I, I keep harking back to gender heritage in some respect around we're, we're supposed to be in the background. We're supposed to be behind the curtain. We don't interrupt. We don't necessarily speak up unless there's there's like a real long pause and then we feel like we can step in. But if as you said, if there, uh, there's a real active discussion and people are jumping in and whatever, we wait because we're polite Yep. And we and we don't want to step in on somebody. Um, so I, I love the fact that he drew you in as well. But it is something that we struggle with as women uh, in the fact that we we don't necess- we don't interrupt. Now we will allow in a lot of cases um, someone else to interrupt us mm. and stepped back. Um, and I love the women that I, I've begun to know who stand there in a meeting and go, excuse me, but I was talking. I'll be happy to entertain your thoughts when I finish. Mm. But we have a really hard time doing that because that's not polite. And we as little girls needed to be polite, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you had, a, you had a couple of other things that I really wanted to, um, to 
to reiterate that whole thing about holding back. And in a lot of cases, when we do step in, we, we say something, and it may be a little controversial. Uh, it may not be exactly in the what's derogare right now. And er, there's sort of a dead silence. And then what you, you think is, oh, my God, what did I say? And have I now made a fool of myself? Instead okay. of just thinking that was my opinion, that was my thought, let's see if we can't discuss this or at least have a dialogue around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we were talking about the fact that I stopped speaking at seven in front of groups of people. Um, I started in the mil- well, not in the mil- my second posting in the military was back to a basic training company, and I was assigned to be able to teach sort of the, the interpersonal skills kind of thing. Um, so it wasn't the, you know, how do you starch a skirt? How do you, you know, put a bed together or any of that? But it was the softer skills. And I remember doing my first class and trying to memorize the script that they gave me, and <laughs> which, was, which was impossible. I mean, it was, it was awards and decorations and bugle calls. I mean, how exciting can that be, right? Uh, <laughs> And I did a piss poor job. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. It was horrible. <laughs> in addition to which, I answered a question incorrectly, totally wrong. And I had an evaluator in the back of the room. I mean, why she was there in my first class, I have no idea. But I walked back afterwards and I said, ma'am, how did I do? She said, well, I'm going to watch one more class. If you do as poorly as this, you're out of here. And I uh. thought, oh, my God. I, you know, I, I truly cannot stand up in front of groups of people. So it just reiterated that that whole mind mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I ended up doing was taking the whole lesson plan apart and making a, a dialogue. And I did that with all of my lesson plans. One, I kept the troops awake because they never knew when I was going to call on them. And two, it was more interesting. And that's where I started to get my confidence that said, you can stand up in front of groups and people and talk and you're good at it. But I think very often when we have something like that happen, we quit and say, obviously, I wasn't meant to do that. Grandma was right. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love you. And I just want to acknowledge you. And, and actually, I'm a little curious about what made you decide to start making it a dialogue. Because once you did that, you know, you're connecting with your group and it takes the attention off yourself and it naturally alleviates stage fright. And so mm-hmm. that was a brilliant sort of creative thing that you did there. So do you remember kind of what made you decide to, to make it more of a dialogue? Or, Well, I think the, the main reason was I can't, couldn't memorize the script. Ah. This, this was like a, a, a 30 page, I, I am not an actor. Um, I, tr- the idea of memorizing a part, just I, I am in awe with people who can do that. Um, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm just going to ask questions. We'll get all the information out, but it's in a way that I don't have to just regurgitate information mm-hmm. to a group of people who probably had two hours sleep and are falling asleep in the class because they're bored to tears. Mm-hmm. So, so I wanted to make it in a way that they had to stay engaged. They had to stay awake. And then it'd be fun for both of us. So yeah. we, we did it sort of more as a, a, a quiz, almost like a, a Jeopardy kind of thing. And it was just great fun for that particular one. There are others that I really wanted to know what they thought, what they were feeling. And that's not something that is necessarily um, valued mm. in the military. I mean, it may be more so now, but definitely not when I was in. It was just get this information out to them. That's all that's important. And that they can test right 
well. Mm, yeah, right. I, well, I love it. That's brilliant. That was a brilliant creative solution. Well, and, the, fun, yeah. the fun thing was that they, they they took some of my lesson plans and actually uh, for some of my best friends um, took them and started using them because they said, this is much more fun than what we have to do. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Anyway, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about this but what do you suggest for people to help them really to be more vulnerable, to be more genu- genuine, you know, when they start sharing themselves? Because this, this is a place where I know I, I have struggled in, um, you know, again, coming out of the military, uh, you don't share that side of you. Mm. Um, I came out with what I politely call command. I will tell you what to do and you will follow my instructions. Uh, whereas... <laughs> As an entrepreneur, you need to be more in that questioning, asking, um, and that being more vulnerable um, with your people. How do you help them to do that and yet still feel confident and solid in what they're sharing of themselves? Right, right. Well, I love your perspective on it because, of course, you know, if you come from a military background and you're in that paradigm of, um, you know, uh, keeping the country safe, um, where you might have um, conflict with other countries and you're looking for vulnerabilities in their system, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, why would you yourself want to have vulnerabilities when you're in that kind of space of like, it's bad to have vulnerabilities. Like we don't want to be leave ourselves open or unsafe. So um, it just makes me think like we throw that word around a lot these days. You hear mm-hmm. authenticity, vulnerability, and we forget sometimes there's a reason why it's hard. It's yeah. because it's it's scary. <laughs> you're, you're opening yourself up um, to some degree to potential attacks. Um, and so what I suggest to people is, you know, everybody's sharing vulnerable these days, like sharing vulnerable posts on social media, sharing their life story. Um, And it's great because, especially in business, it's a way of of pulling people into your story, um, allowing them in, allowing them to connect with you in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's great that we're doing it. But the, the mistake I see people making is not positioning themselves enough first, mm-hmm. right? And and you really want to make sure that if you're going to tell somebody about a time that you almost committed suicide, and I say this gently because we're, as a nation, we're just, you know, with the recent suicides, um, I know this is a tender topic um, and that people are talking about. If you're going to share that, you want to make sure that people know that you're okay right now, right? Mm-hmm, you, right. You, don't, you don't want them to read your vulnerable post and then be worried about you or mm-hmm. you know, be calling you like, oh my God, do I need to, to keep check on you? Um, and so you want to make sure you share by positioning, share something that's going great in your life right now or um, positioning yourself telling them, you know, now I speak confidently to groups all over the nation and I speak at the Screen Actors Guild and I do all these things so just using myself as as an example but once upon a time you know I used to not be able to lift my arms from the side of my body because I had so much stage fright so 
Yeah. So it's like being able to make sure that you share strongly so that you can go to those dark places. And that's, you know, one of those things I think that people might miss that piece, but it's important. Mm-hmm. I th- I agree with you totally. And you're so right about, you know, being vulnerable and attacks. Uh, I still go into a restaurant and put my back to the wall. I want to be able to see the whole room. Um, uh, and yet, I, you know, I've never been attacked, but I also have a really, very bad back. So um, I don't want somebody to come up behind me and bump me or that kind of thing. But we do that. And, and it becomes habitual. So we don't even really think about it. Um, and, and, you're absolutely right. As as an influential leader, you have to connect more deeply with people. You have to build those deep relationships because you want that to, again, move your vision forward and to bring their visions along with you, which I think is just really, really critical. Um, I, I love the fact that you um, stated that we should share strongly in our authenticity and our vulnerability and bring it to, uh, you know, when we share something that's that, that I don't want to say, yeah, I guess sad, but also would have people worry about you, a suicide, the loss of a child, or anything along those lines that we don't normally share. When we do, you know, we have to do it with, and I'm in a good place now. Um, or you're right, everybody's going to be, you know, calling you or, or, messaging you or whatever about are you okay <laughs> yes so holly i think we've touched some on some really great things audience i want you to think about how are you showing your vulnerability in your posts these days and are you sharing strongly from a position of leadership when you do so and we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, lead with Linda.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info 
at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm with the oh, just amazing Holly Shaw, and I have had such a fabulous time um, talking about stage fright, of all things, and how to overcome that and to become the speaker and leader that you were meant to be. Uh, Hel- uh, I wanted to also share with you about Holly. She's a creativity coach and a best-selling author, and her book is called The Creative Formula, Compose, Choreograph, and Capture Your Masterpiece. And it has become an Amazon bestseller. Congratulations, Holly. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. That's a, so you've you've used a bit of your dance with your coaching, um, with the compose, choreograph, and capture, right? Yeah. Well, it's a book about creativity, and honestly, it can be used for how you create anything, from like a a talk to a a new code for a something you're engineering, to, you know, anything that you're creating. But I happen to be an artist, so of course, I sort of use art language. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So Holly, well, we were talking earlier about um, being in a, a meetup with mostly men and only two women, and mm-hmm. you know, you were drawn in and this kind of thing. And I, I mentioned, you know, oftentimes we hold back because we're f- almost afraid that if we say something, it could fall flat, or it could be something that shouldn't have been said, or you feel you shouldn't have said because of the, the looks or the reaction that you get from your audience or the, the people in the meeting or there's sort of that tension around that. So how do you handle that? Right. So you say something and it falls flat and bonk, it's like the room just gets real quiet and you're like, ah. <laughs> And, and so, it gets real awkward too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this I've actually learned to cherish because this is like <laughs> a delicious opening, right? Because nobody knows what's going to happen next. And I think what our inclination is to do is to fill that space. And what you're experiencing that uncomfortableness is tension, right? It's a mm-hmm. it's a sort of tension, and you. Tension is actually a good thing. It's an exciting thing. It's a powerful thing. It means that there's like a rubber band cord 
uh, going from you to the people in your audience. And you actually want that to have a little tension, right? You don't want right. it to be broken. You don't want them to not be paying attention. So if there's an awkward silence, it's a great opportunity to do something with that. And I think just to speak to the women is, is, is for just a moment, women especially learn how to fill tension because because we are the peacemakers if there is a conflict we are trying to to um you know bring peace to that conflict we're trying to um, create calm and it's just kind of been heaped on us this responsibility right to make everything all right make it peaceful and so that's why that tension is really hard for us and and i and i say this with passion because i really struggled with this um and i still you know i still have times you'll hear me I, I giggle a lot for like no <laughs> real good reason I just you know the tension is there I laugh um, but it's because I've learned how to sort of ease my way out of very tough very hard very dangerous situations as women that we get ourselves into mm-hmm. and so um, I'm very good at at noodling my way out of them but it makes it's made it harder to to just seize that tension as a speaker. And now when I say something and it lands awkwardly, I love that space because in that space, I feel more alive. They feel more alive. It's actually an opportunity um, to not fill in, to, to sort of, um, to, to, to not, to don't try to, you know, just like rush forward if you don't have to, right? Just hold that space and see, in your mind, if you can pay attention to the people in front of you and see if there's something that wants to come forward that's new. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity for creativity. Yeah. Well, I know it's so- something you also learn when you teach is that you ask a question and you stop. And mm-hmm. you use that silence and, and you're right, there's a little bit of tension there because you're, you want to jump in and ask another question. Obviously, they didn't understand the question. Obviously, they're ha- having a difficult time answering it. Maybe if I ask another question, they'll be able to get the answer that I'm looking for. Whereas when you use the silence to allow, as you said, creativity mm-hmm. to flow, it's amazing the answers that you get. And sometimes you'll get somebody who'll come back and go, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that. Could you repeat it? But usually it's, if it's a great question or if it's a great comment and there's that silence, they're looking at how would I respond to that? How would I answer that? Um, And that was especially true um, in Japan. We actually did some teaching in Tokyo uh, for local nationals as well as third-party nationals and um, uh, expats. And what I found was the locals would hear the question, translate it into Japanese, um, answer the question in Japanese, translate it back into English, and then answer. Mm. Well, well, if you jumped on that, like, like you were saying, if you jump into that space, then they don't know what question to answer. <laughs> you know, am I answering the question you just asked, or am I supposed <laughs> to answer the question you asked before? What, you know, and and then confusion reigns and nothing happens. So I love it that you you recommend to my audience that they don't fill that silence, that they let it build and let the creativity come out. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I think if you pay close enough attention to your audience, you will get the answer of what to do next. Mm-hmm. Like if you just put your attention out there, 
you will feel what needs to happen next. And it's, and then, and then you're with them and then they feel that you're with them, you know, Mm -hmm. again, and that it's like your audience needs to trust you. Right. And so if something doesn't land right there, there could potentially be some distrust, like you Mm -hmm. might've broken that again. Um, And so you need to kind of put your attention on them to earn that trust back. Exactly. Exactly. That's beautiful. Um, So Holly, you have a free gift for my listening audience. Would you like to share that with us? Sure. So I, um, I give you a link to, to a free um, build your, you are the bomb bio mini course. So what this is, is, you know, we're talking about being visible, being out in the world, positioning yourself strongly And your biography is the first place that you do that, sharing what you do. You know, it gives people a reason to um, to care and to know a little bit about you to want to know more. Right. So your bio. Yeah, that bio is that first step of entry. And I find um, I created this because so many artists are terrible at writing. (laughs) 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 I love artists. I love you guys. Um, But you'd be surprised, like some of the most. Uh, accomplished artists are not good at writing their bio. And so it's really important that you put um, the right things in it. And I explain all of this in my Build Your You Are at the Bomb bio mini course. Um, You can use it for long bios, short bios, and it it has videos. It has uh, worksheets that you do to sort of, it walks you through the process of how to um, write a bio and how to craft it for different audiences. And then I think the most valuable thing about the course, honestly, is the examples that I give. So I have Mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of examples of, you know, here's what you might do in a short bio. Here's what you might do in a long bio. Um, yeah, and I used to teach and, and, and share this in my courses, my paid courses, um, and it's uh, and I put it up there as a mini course, do-it-yourself $20 course, but for your listeners, I'm giving it away for free. Oh, I thank you so very much, and I'm sure they will as well. I know I'm I'm in the midst of redoing my website, so we're redoing ah. the, the about page and my speaker's bios and all the others, so I'm going to take a look at it, absolutely. Yeah. And... You have had a relatively long gift link. You can go onto the Voice America site and free gift and click on that, and it will take you right to uh, Holly's free gift. And I so appreciate that. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right. So a couple of other questions uh, as we're beginning to wrap up. Um, Biggest mistake you see people making when they're trying to carve out their own space and develop their own voice, because that's, that's such a really important piece. How do we separate ourselves from others? What's the biggest mistake around that? Oh, sure, sure. So our, just very quickly, artistic voice is, and, you know, your vo- when you're talking about your voice, your brand, um, to me it includes uh, five things. Who you are, what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it, and the underlying beliefs that mm-hmm. support all of that. What happens, the mistake I see people making is not having all five of those things in alignment. So something sort of being off, uh, not not taking care of the whole picture when they put themselves out there and then they create a dissonance. So a good example of this is um, say that you're a clarity coach and you're all about um, creating clarity, <laughs> but then you, the instructions to get your free gift are very confusing. <laughs> right? Yes. So yep. that's, 
that's dissonance right there. You know, you're not, your, your, your voice isn't all matching up. Like there's pieces or say that you're, you're all about social justice. Um, but then, uh, on social media late one night you get angry and you write a, a post about a group of people, any group of people, it doesn't even have to be the, you know, racial or anything, but you know, you write something that's a little bit like me, me, me. Uh, that's, that's dissonance because, you know, you're not following through with what you say you believe. And so just making sure that what you believe matches up with how you're putting it out there and, and all those, and vice versa, all that stuff needs to really align. And when it does, you become a lighthouse. It's like people can finally see you because you're, you're true. You're being honest when that all matches up. And I love that. Um, the, the, the lighthouse image just really, really struck me. Um, and you're so right. This is also true with visioning. Um, you want your vision to be in line, in line with your values, your purpose, your product, your programs, and all of that. And if it's not, your, your tribe feels that. And people who aren't in the tribe don't know whether to be in or be out or whatever. It's too confusing. So I think you're absolutely correct that being in dissidence, knowing who, what, how, why, and your belief system is absolutely critical. So, Holly, we are trending town. Uh, Do you have a couple of really quick tips to close the segment with? Oh, sure. I'll give my my really fun quick tip for stage fright. So, if you're experiencing the physical symptoms of stage fright, um, this is a great way to alleviate that. What you do is, say you're standing and you're speaking in front of a group, you squeeze your glutes, your gluteus maximus. You squeeze your bottom as tightly as you can. And you squeeze it towards the front of your hips. And what that does is it will quiet any trembling because those muscles are so big. It's squeezing the blood back up to your brain where you need to be able to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because when you have that fight or flight sort of reaction that comes with stage fright, all the blood's rushing towards your arms and legs to try Mm -hmm. to run or fight, right? So this helps push the blood back. It helps quiet trembling. And nobody nobody really notices that you're doing it. So it's very, um, it's like a sneaky way to just ground yourself and calm yourself down is just squeeze your butt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can do that. Um, I don't want to, uh, uh, how do I want to say, um, where, where nobody recognizes that that's what you're doing. So in other words, don't make facial uh, movements that would show that you're doing that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I would scrunch up your face and all that. Yeah, that that people might get think that you're doing something else, right? You know, unless you're Robin Williams, who could do that, and it was funny, and it was part of his gig. Anyways, Holly, I want to thank you so very much for being with us today. It has been a joy, a pleasure, and a real journey. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Linda. It's real fun. Oh, I had a great time. Um, So, audience, um, until next week, I want you to. You know, get in touch with me regarding the art of herding cats, leading teams of leaders, if you'd like to know more about that. Also, there's a boot camp coming up on our, uh, later on this year, and I'd love to share some information with you on that. And just send me an email at lynda at dare, the number two, lead with lynda.com. And until next week, be courageous, dare to lead, and we'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. 
Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.